boss man, show your Stan Waterman, coach of the, the Delaware State Hornets out of Dover, Delaware, and the MEAC Conference coach. How you doing today, man? Also good up there in Dover, man. It's good. I'm excited. Thank you for having me on. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Coach Tim, this, man, what about the opportunity here at Delaware State to really stood out to you to say, hey, let me take this job and help the Hornets move forward, man? Well, listen, I'm, I'm a native Delawarean, born and raised, uh, played my college basketball at the University of Delaware, so very familiar with Delaware State and um, just, just love the direction that the university is heading in, uh, the direction of our new president, Dr. Tony Allen, and the opportunity became available, and, and so I thought it was a really, really good time to make the move. Most Coach, let this, man. Uh, my dad's a coach, so I want to ask this question. At what point in your career did you decide you wanted to become a coach? I know my dad wanted to coach from, like, he was a kid till now being 80 years old, man. So, like, when did you decide you wanted to get into coaching? I, I think being a basketball player, somebody who's played the game your whole life, you always dream when you're a young man, you think about being a professional player um, and, and thinking about playing in the NBA. And then I think it was at a point maybe going into my senior year of, of my college career at the University of Delaware and, um, you know, coming off the bench and starting to look at the game through a different lens and a different perspective, playing the point guard position, you always felt like you were a coach on the floor. So that was sort of a natural. Um, and I just thought the next transition when you're done playing was, was to be on the bench and coaching. And so that's that's kind of when it started to happen for me. When you're, at, when you're at point guard, for sure, you're kind of coaching coach on the floor anyway. You're calling the plays out. You're getting guys set. So, hey, you already know what's going on the coach, and you kind of have that relationship where, hey, hey, run this play. We know we're running here. So, yeah, no doubt. Easy transition in, into it. For me, coach, I couldn't do it, man. I just want to talk I just want to talk about the game. I didn't want to coach it. I don't, have a good, I don't have a good temperament for it, man. I'll be cursing kids. I'll be going crazy if you're running the right play. I said, Dad, I'm going to be a radio guy. Now, I'm going to have to follow your path, man. You know, again, as I said, when you're a point guard in this game, that's the quarterback on the football team. And you kind of you've been bred for that role and that responsibility, usually a leader and somebody that's pretty vocal. So it's almost just a natural progression and a natural transition, I think. Well, definitely. Coach, let's get coach um, for your program. Um, how are you going to build a staying guy where you get high school guys, use the portal, JUCO guys? Uh, kind of what's your strategy to build your roster out here in the years to come? I think my preference will be to, to build it from the ground up. I'd love to be able to bring in guys, freshmen, high school guys, and, and grow with those guys and establish your foundation. Um, but certainly right now, the game is a little bit different with, with the transfer rules and the portal. Um, you, you can have some success overnight if you, you make the right moves. But I also think you got to be careful when you're dealing with transfers, too, because a lot of guys in the portal are, are, are maybe have some problems and have some issues, and it's somebody else's problem. So I would prefer to build. Um, bringing the guys that you know a whole lot about and, and you can kind of grow with them. Most definitely, because when you get a young man in your program for two, three years, and them junior and senior years, they'll be ready to be, be warriors for you and help you win because the older you are in like the MEAC and the SWAT, the better you can be. So most definitely, you have a great idea for that. And I'll tell you, like you said, guys who transfer, they're transferring for a reason. So, you know, you might not know what it really is till you get them on your team. and It might be too late at that point. That's right. And then and sometimes, too, you have a lot to undo. You have some habits that you have to undo before you can instill your philosophies or get your uh, principles and ideas down. So I think it, it would certainly be a whole lot easier if you can bring guys in and kind of start from scratch. And Coach, um, for you and your program, how's it been kind of meeting your young men, getting to know those young men now who are in your program right now, getting ready to come back to campus here in the fall and get to work them out even more and get ready for October practice? 
It, it's been really interesting. Um, I'll tell you, uh, the fact that we actually just got into the gym this week for the first time. Um, I've had lots of Zoom meetings and a lot of virtual meetings, just getting to know the guys and, 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 and learning and speaking with them that way. But actually being able to lay eyes on them and see them person to person and eye to eye and get in the gym, we, we were just able to do that just this week. So I'm really looking forward to just getting to know the guys and have them get to know me and become comfortable with, with my ideas and my ideology of, of, you know, what good basketball looks like. So we're excited about that. And how important to see them is skills development because skills coach for me, play development, skill development is so important for me and a young man because that's where they get better. They can apply those skills on the court. They can really help you in a tight game. So how important getting to see them right now? That skill development piece, play development piece, and seeing them and get up their body stronger too in the weight room as well so they can really play hard for you come uh, MEAC time in January, February, and, of course, non-conference in, in November and December. I, I think that's critical. I mean, your skill development, as you said, that's your foundation. Those are your fundamentals. Those are the things that you'll be able to rely on when, when things break down. I mean, you got some guys who are super talented and guys so you know have some talent that are off the chart, but I think you you have to rely on your basics and your fundamentals and your foundation. And that's where you get, that's where your skill development and your strength and conditioning work really pays off, as you said, by the time you get into conference play and the MEAC rolls around. And coach, also, man, also nutrition is very important for your young men because a lot of guys don't realize your body is your temple. You got to get your diet right, rest and recover right. So talk about the strength coach and your staff helping your young men understand how their body is your temple. They need to treat it that way and don't always eat McDonald's or Burger King and always getting the fast food of Popeyes. But you really got to put the right stuff in your body so you can play hard and defend like crazy and you know, execute late in games. You're exactly right. I mean, when you talk about your, your strength and conditioning, and we're very fortunate here to have a fantastic weight room with 18 racks in it, so we can get a lot of work done in that in that regard to be able to build their bodies and strengthen their bodies and conditioning. We got a strength and conditioning coach who's doing a fantastic job. I think we, we can get uh, a little bit better. We'll improve in the area of nutrition and talking about how we eat and recovery and all those things that are just important, again, to building and becoming stronger, better, athletes, better basketball players. And coach, how's that non-conference schedule coming for you guys? I know, um, you know, that's always a tough part for coaches scheduling things. So how's that been for you and your staff? And uh, as you get ready to take your team off the road here in November, December, and raise the money for, 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 the, for the program as well. well I think we, we, we got, we put together a decent schedule, a challenging schedule. I think most of it was in place by the time I, I arrived, but we've had a chance to, to add a game or two, but it's a nice mixture of some games that I think will be competitive and we can build a little confidence and really kind of work on the stuff that we want to do. And then we got some games that, that I know are going to be really, really difficult. I mean, we, we're playing Penn State, we're playing at Temple, um, we're playing Ryder. So we've got a, a very, very challenging schedule. Um, but again, a lot of var variances in there where we have a chance to really kind of measure where we are and see where we are. And I think really, it, it really is just a tune-up for the MEAC. And that's the way I want to look at it, approach that non-conference schedule, doing things to help us build and get ready for conference play. Most definitely, the MEAC coach is tough. I know people don't really understand it, but hey, you got to deal with Norfolk State. Uh, you got to deal with Howard as well, yourselves, Central Down South, there's Matlock's there at South Carolina State. So, I mean, you got teams in that league, you got Juan Dixon, Brodus, and those guys. So, man, it's no easy night in the MEAC, man. So, people need to understand the MEAC's a tough conference. Don't just look at it because the MEAC, nah. One and crafting as well at UMES every night in the MEAC, no easy, oh, no easy nights. 
But I, I think that's one of the things that I'm, I'm most looking forward to. It makes it exciting. It's going to be a grind no matter where you go. As you said, there's some talented, talented basketball players in the league, and there are some outstanding coaches in the league. And you've mentioned a few of them and some programs that you know that you're going to have to bring it to be able to compete. And that's every night. There is no night off. So that's exciting. And, and the conference is competitive. And um, I think it's pretty balanced um, throughout from what I can tell and what the history has been. So we'll, we'll have a chance. We'll be ready. And your recruiting base is good because you, you're a guy up to mid-Atlantic as well. You can go down to DMV area, go to Northeast. You want to come to Georgia, you can too. So, like, for you, talk about how, how the, the recruiting base that you have and how you can get those great guys up there in the Philadelphia area, mid-Atlantic area to come on down there and play for you, man. Well, I, th I think we're, we're perfectly situated right here in Delaware and Dover. I mean, we, we are we got access to you can get to Baltimore, you can get to Philadelphia, you can get to New York City, you can get to D.C. and Virginia all within an hour and a half, two hours and be back home. So that gives us a nice base in terms of recruiting. And like you said, every now and again, you might be able to go down in the south and find somebody who might have to travel a little bit further, but they will be able to help our program. But I like where we are, um, as I said, having access to, to these areas in, in this region, in the DMV. Um, it, it bodes well for us as far as recruiting goes. Got two more left for you, Coach. Who have been some people in your career who really helped you out like a mentor, really, really impacted you as a person and a man to help you be the coach you are today? Well, I, I've had a lot of coaches, and in, my, in building my co coaching philosophy, I, I, I say to the guys all the time, I've borrowed from everybody that I've played for and played with, things that have worked really well, I've tried to keep and instill and make a part of what I'm trying to do. And I've also learned some things not to do. Um, I've been very fortunate to be a part of the USA basketball coaching tree. Um, Don Showalter, who heads that program, and, and to be able to coach the U.S. junior national team for the last couple of years and be involved with some of the best high school, college, and NBA coaches, you know, across the country and around the world. So I've learned a lot and a lot of guys that I'm able to lean on and, and, and reach out to for, for assistance and support. Last one for you, Coach, is a fun one for you. When you come to Atlanta, what is your favorite place to eat in the city of Atlanta, Coach? I, I don't know at this point. I'm going to be counting on you. I may even call <laughs> on you and ask for some, some advice and, and maybe you can give me some tips. Um, my, my daughter was down in Atlanta a few years back when she was in college and did an internship down there. And uh, so we got to visit a few times, but but it's, it's a place that I'm not really familiar with. So as I said, I may be calling you uh, when we're heading that way for some tips. Coach, when we get off the air here, I'm going to give you my number. So you definitely give me a call. I got you. Well, soul food, seafood, Italian pizza. Hey, look, I got what we need, Coach. Asian, I, I know everything is here in ATL, man. I can be your true guy for sure, man. I thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to hold you to that, Coach. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, see, folks, the Stan Waterman from the Boss Man, so Delaware State, check those guys out, the Hornets and Dover. They're going to be doing big things out to me, yeah, people. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.